the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Christians are saints and sinners at the same time. So as Christians, we are in this world of sin, in bodies of sinful flesh, with fallen reason and fallen desires. And yet at the same time, as Christians who have been baptized into Christ, we simultaneously live as saints according to faith, who hear the words and the promises of Jesus and would cling to him alone. We live by what we hear according to faith. So as Christians, we are living according to the flesh and according to faith at the same time. Now, with that in mind, we can turn to today's gospel lesson where the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. And we can consider the Lord's gift of prayer according to both our lives of flesh, that is what we see and experience, and our lives of faith, that is what we hear from our Lord Jesus. First, prayer according to flesh. From the perspective of our sinful flesh, we know that we are but one speck in a world of billions. And God is big, powerful, and seems very far away. He created everything and sustains everything. He is eternal. He knows all things, even things that will happen to us in the future. As tiny specks before the all-powerful and distant God, our sinful flesh might approach prayer as what you might call the car dealership experience. If you've ever bought a car, you know how this goes. It's an exercise in deception. The car is listed at one price, but by careful strategy and persistent pushing, you can get a better deal. So right, you walk on the lot and the price is clearly there on the car and you, you know you want to buy the car, but you're not paying that price. And the salesman invites you back into his office and makes you comfortable and offers you coffee and all this. And he tells you the price of the car and hands you the paperwork and you're like, no, 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 uh, we're not going to pay more than whatever the amount is that you're willing to pay. Now, you know you're willing to pay more, but he doesn't know that, you hope, right? So he said, oh, we can't go. That's way too low. I got to go ask the manager. So he goes back into that secret back room. He's gone for a few minutes. You don't know what he's doing back there. And he comes back and he says, well, it seems like we can come down a little bit, come down like a thousand bucks. And that's supposed to make you happy. And you're like, uh, no, we, we, we're not going to pay more than whatever that amount is. And so you get up to leave. And you know, this is a joke because you want to buy that car and he's already come down a thousand bucks, but you're getting up, you're showing this game, like you're going to the door and he says, well, let me go ask the manager one more time. And he goes and he's gone for a while, a little bit longer this time, and he comes back. Gr great news. We're able to come down a little bit more, but we're losing money on this. It's the greatest deal I've ever seen. And you're supposed to be happy, and you sign the papers, and everybody wins. They still, still sell their car for a gain, right? And you still got it for less than it was listed for. 
the manager in the secret back room is willing to come down off of that price. But you have to ask, and you have to ask the right way. Otherwise, you're gonna buy the car for list price. Our flesh sometimes approaches prayer like a car dealership, where God is far away, he's the manager in the back room. He knows what he's willing to do, and he knows what he's not willing to do. We have to ask, and we have to ask in the right way. And if we do, we might get a better deal. The car dealership God is holding out on you, waiting for you to say the right words, waiting for you to pray hard enough to do your part of the negotiations, and then you might get a better deal. Or even more hopelessly, at the end of the day, the car dealership God knows what he's gonna do, whether you ask him or not. So why even bother entering the negotiations? If he's unchanging, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. And you're just along for the ride, like a flea on a dog. At best, you can pester him, but you're not changing the outcome. So why bother praying at all? Our eyes of flesh look at the results of prayer and typically conclude that they don't work. You pray for the cancer to go away and death comes anyway. You pray for a spouse and don't get one. For a child and don't get one. You pray for a better situation than the one you're currently in, and you don't get it. You pray for one outcome, and you don't get it. So why bother? Or worse, if he's supposed to be all-powerful and all-loving, but hasn't answered my prayer the way I wanted, maybe he's not even there at all. I'm on my own a tiny speck among billions in a universe spinning out of control. Our sinful flesh can't understand prayer. It's irrational, it doesn't seem to work, and at best, it's a game in deception and manipulation. So instead of leaving us to figure out prayer on our own, according to our flesh, Jesus teaches us how to pray. But Jesus teaches us to pray not to a distant, all-powerful, unchanging manager in some mysterious back room. Instead, he teaches us to pray, our Father. And this changes everything. Prayer, according to our life of faith, Praise to God as Father, the God who loves us as his own children. He has put his name upon us, promising to be with us always. He has claimed us as his own. He has made us holy and forgiven our sins. We are no longer enemies, but we are children of God. As our Father, he delights in our prayer just as a father delights in his children asking for every good gift. 
A father hears the cry of his child and comes running. Fathers even change their minds from time to time, never to bring evil to their children, but always to bring good and show love. For example, a child may ask for ice cream while on a walk in downtown Naperville on a Friday after dinner, and dad says, sure. Now, dad wasn't even thinking about ice cream, but this made him change his mind, and now he delights in fulfilling that request for ice cream to bring joy to the child. The same child may ask for ice cream for breakfast, and dad says, no. But dad says, no, not because he doesn't love the child, but precisely because he does. The loving father gives what he knows to be good to the child, even and especially when the child doesn't. In today's gospel reading, Jesus gave kind of a weird analogy about fish, snakes, and scorpions. Luke 11, what father among you if his sons ask for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? With our eyes of flesh, we at times look at our lives and conclude that even though we have prayed for a fish, we've prayed for something good and helpful, our Father has given us a snake instead. That while we've prayed for, a, a, uh, we prayed for an egg, something good, God has given us a scorpion instead. That is, I've prayed for what I thought to be good for me, something better than what I'm currently experiencing, but God has given me what looks like something worse. In our sinful flesh, we think we know what's best for us, that we know better than God. But what child knows what she needs better than her father knows? In fact, the whole point of fatherhood is to raise the child to know what is good and what is toward life protecting the child because she cannot protect herself. The child insists on wandering into the busy street, putting stuff into her mouth that she'll choke on, and trying to stick fingers into every electrical socket she can find. The father's job is to protect the child, even from herself. Even though she cries when she doesn't get what she thinks is good for her. Our Father, he has given his Son to die for you, forgiving your sins, covering your shame, rescuing you from the devil, and giving you eternal life in him. So you know that whatever comes, no matter what you see and experience in your eyes of flesh, your Heavenly Father loves you as his own child, and all comes all things come from his loving hand. In your life of faith, you call upon him in your day of trouble, and he will deliver you in his way and in his time. 
for your heavenly Father loves you and knows what is best for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand for the creed.